0: Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey everyone, how are we? How are we doing on this beautiful fall day? I am, I'm an hour and a half behind schedule today. I've just been doing nothing. I slept in too late, which just fucked, fucked my whole day up. I like to start recording this podcast by noon on Saturdays, and it is 1.35. So there's that. I did not watch 16 and Pregnant this week, so I will not be covering 16 and Pregnant this week. I just ran out of time, I guess. I was like, I'm going to watch it at this time, and then I didn't, and I I just didn't watch it. So yeah, no 16 and Pregnant this week. Um, before we get started, if you're interested in my Patreon, which is called Liz Explains It All, you can go to patreon.com slash Explains or find the link in my Instagram bio, which is feathers underscore pod. Last week's episode was on There's Something Wrong with Aunt Diane. I think it was really good. This week's episode um, is a episode where uh, me and my guests talk about the pro-Anna internet. <laughs> It's like I don't know, I'm calling it a pro ana internet like that's what it's about, but we basically just talk about um like the internet's influence on us and just like the eating disorder of it all of live journal and tumblr and tiktok. So yeah, those that was last week. This is upcoming this week, I believe. And if you're interested in that, you can go to patreon.com/lizexplains. I think that's it for announcements. I mean, there was actually, like, a good episode of Teen Mom this week. Like, I can't, I can't believe it. I don't know. Princess and I talked about this on air before we started courting. When she was on for that 16 and Recovering episode, um, we, she was like, should I watch Teen Mom as well? And I was like, no, I don't think so. I think I just want to talk about 16 and Recovering unless, like, something crazy happens. And she was like, I mean, has there been a Teen Mom episode in a very long time where you had to talk about the episode and I was like, no, but it could happen. And I will say this week's episode felt like something I needed to talk about. (laughs) Like actually something interesting happened this week and there are things to talk about and I'm excited. So that's fun. I'm glad. I'm glad for that. Before I get into this week's episode, Chelsea has announced that she's doing a home goods line that's called Aubrey Says. Like, uh, the name Aubrey and then the word says, S-A-Y-S. Why she's doing that, I'm not sure. The tagline is something about, like, furniture for families of all shapes and sizes, which... What? (laughs) Like, all shapes and sizes, first of all, talks about body types. (laughs) Family for furniture for families of all size indicates that it's for families of all sizes. Shapes and sizes is weird. That's a really, really weird tagline. It doesn't make any sense. I will say she launched this Instagram yesterday. I think I saw it. 20 minutes after she posted it she already had 65,000 followers I just looked she has 250,000 followers Chelsea is so fucking popular she is so popular it is insane and I mean I'm proud of her I guess for doing all this because I'm sure if you go back and listen to the early days the feathers in my hair I would constantly be like I don't understand why Chelsea's not using her platform. She could be making so much money. I've always said that Chelsea could be the Lauren Conrad of Teen Mom if she wanted to. Her, as I've talked about extensively on here, she has like 6 million Instagram followers. Her posts get so much engagement. Like she regularly is hitting a million likes. Like she's around 250,000 to a million likes every post. Like, She really is popular and people really like her. Like, I think even people that don't watch Teen Mom follow and like Chelsea. It's very weird to me. I mean, it's not weird to me. We know why, right? Like, I could sit here and be like, I don't understand why she's so popular. She's so boring. It's because she's boring that she's so popular. She's pretty. She has an attractive husband. And she has cute kids. And she has, like, totally adopted that life like that bland basic influencer aesthetic that sells (laughs) the new house they're doing like is in the inside even on the outside it's just it's so trendy she is so into trends she doesn't really seem to have a taste of her own she only dresses in trends so that's what influencers do she's not very interesting like she really has that like bland personality that people can latch on to and I think what people really like about her one thing they really like about her is that they feel like her life is attainable to them there's no way that I haven't already given this exact talk but I can't remember so here we go again Chelsea as we saw started out chubby and with a terrible boyfriend who treated her like shit When all she wanted was some guy to be nice to her and love her. And then she met Cole and everyone was like, Chelsea got her fairy tale. And like we were supposed to believe that Chelsea had achieved the number one goal in life, which was meeting a man that was nice to her. (laughs) Everyone's like, well, story's over. When Chelsea's like 23 years old. (laughs) Cole, So stupid. But she, I think, like represents a archetype that a lot of people would like in their life like people can relate to the fact or not even necessarily relate she's very aspirational in an attainable way which means like a woman sitting at home I would guess most of her fans are probably between 26 and 35 to 40 which is just because I like I would imagine that that's what it is because I don't think like, teens are necessarily into her because I don't think she's, like, that popular in influencing terms. Um, but for that, like, 26 to 40-year-old woman, she had the physical glow up, which, as I've discussed, Chelsea was not – she was barely overweight. Like, when you go back and watch early team Mom 2 seasons, you're like, we used to call Chelsea fat. Like, what? She just wore baggy clothes and had really ugly hair. <laughs> That's really it. But, you know, she lost 30 pounds – she met a guy that is really handsome and nice, even though, you know, that voice, that voice is really bad. Um, that's another good thing about Instagram for her is that her and Cole don't have to use their voices on Instagram. <laughs> so they come off a lot better because they're not using their voices but she, I think a lot of women are like, well, I could lose 30 pounds, right? It's not like she lost 250 pounds. Like she lost an attainable amount of weight. And she met a guy that's like, he's handsome and he's nice, but it's not like, he's not Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is like, isn't it weird that I, we still say like, well, he's not Brad Pitt. Like, Brad Pitt is even hot anymore. I don't know who the modern day version of that line is. Like, we're Shania Twain and that don't impress me much. Like, I don't know who if Shania Twain was releasing the song that don't impress me much in 2020. I'm not sure what man she would say. Maybe. I don't know, because movie stars are so different these days. Maybe like a Chris Hemsworth. Like, he's a hot movie star, right? I sound like such a fucking old lady weirdo. But Cole isn't, like... Like, you could meet a Cole. He's not so hot that, like, you could... You would, like, be tongue-tied around him. He's just, like, attractive and he's nice and he's very normal. Which is why I think uh, it's, like, easy to... Because an influencer can't be too aspirational. I mean, I guess... Some of them can be. I'm not being clear with my words right now. The type of influencing Chelsea does, in my opinion, they can't be too aspirational because then there's like nothing for the person at home to like really engage with beyond like, oh, she's pretty. Like, I think that's more for like the younger influencers of it all. But I think for like the mommy influencers, like the demographic that Chelsea is going after, I think you can't be too pretty. You can't be too obviously rich. And you can't be like too Hollywood, LA, like famous person, because that's not relatable to a woman sitting in Kansas City, Kansas. Well, I guess Kansas City, Missouri, but there is a Kansas City, Kansas too, right? Yeah, because (laughs) Maria lives in Kansas City, Kansas, not Kansas City, Missouri. Um, I think it splits into two. I don't know. I was supposed to go there last year and I didn't because my plane turned around in the air when we were 45 minutes away from landing in Kansas City. (laughs) I think the airport's in Missouri. That was crazy. Never in my life has that happened. That was so crazy. They just got on the plane. They got on the announcement. They're like, sorry, we can't land. So we're going back to Philadelphia. (laughs) So nuts. But where was I? Oh, so... You know somebody that's like super l a and Hollywood it's just not relatable to like the the stay at home mom that the Chelseas of the world want to be popular with and so I think Chelsea's just is that like basic white woman that a lot of people feel like they can be and let's be real like they can be her to an extent at least as far as like the day-to-day looks like, but they won't be as rich as her because Chelsea is extremely wealthy from being on the show Teen Mom and now doing her influencing stuff. But yeah, Aubrey Says is stupid as a name. That is a stupid name. Like, straight up a stupid ass name. Aubrey Says? That doesn't even make any fucking sense. She should have called it, like, Aubrey Lane. Would have been a... Chelsea chelsea all she had to do was call this fucking thing aubrey lane that would have been so cute aubrey lane is like a name it it kind of sounds like a place as well and this is home goods chelsea should have called this aubrey lane but she didn't chelsea if you still want to use aubrey lane i am giving you permission to use it she didn't use it because she's punishing me personally so she calls it Aubrey says the design aesthetic of the page is very ugly. It's very ugly. It's all like oranges and yellows, which like of course it is, you know. <laughs> um <laughs> one of them is or the on the the fucking the logo for it, it says where where it's always basically Saturday. Um I mean like okay where it's always basically Saturday it doesn't really work for Chelsea because neither her nor her husband have traditional jobs. So, like, it always is basically Saturday for her. Also, like, what does that mean in terms of home goods? It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> home goods have nothing to do with weekends. <laughs> it's just stupid. It's so stupid, and she's going to make oodles of money, and for that I say, Mazel tov, at least you're not wasting your platform anymore because she really was for a long time. I think that's the only thing that like happened in Teen Mom World this week that doesn't have to do with the episode this week, because obviously all anybody was talking about this whole week and like, let's just get into it, is Kale. So on Monday, I think on Monday, the show comes out on Tuesday, right? Yeah. On Monday, uh, MTV drops a clip, which was brillioso. It was so brilliant. Is that how you say brilliant in Spanish? Brillioso? Or did I, like, hear that in a cartoon once? I don't know. It was so brilliant of them. They dropped this trailer, and it's a three-minute clip of the absolute juiciest storyline that we've had on Teen Mom maybe in two and a half to three years. Um, There have not been many juicy storylines that we have watched. Oh, there are a couple things I need to... I need to clarify this with clarify is not the word guys I'm having trouble today. <laughs> I'm having a lot of trouble um there's a couple of things one is that there have been a couple of good moments moments on this show but we like in the last few years maybe the last I've been doing this podcast for three years right so in the last three years that have been actually like really interesting and good but 95% of them we knew about beforehand. I'm thinking, for example, the gun incident. Janelle gun, Janelle's gun incident. Which, some sometimes I think about that and I'm like, that's fucking crazy that that happened. <laughs> that MTV got on film Janelle following a man home and pulling a gun out on him. With Jace in the front seat of the car. Whew. That's crazy. That's really crazy. So they got that, but we like knew that happened. You know what I mean? And so, like, Kale announcing her pregnancy with Chris, like, that was crazy, but like, we already knew that happened. It is so rare. It is so fucking rare that something happens in teen mom world that we have not already seen happen online, which is why I always say, like, there are no spoilers for Teen Mom, which when 16 and Recovering was on quite a few, you dm me and, like, would try and talk about the show, and I was like, please don't spoil this show for me. Like, this is, like, something, the first thing in, like, five fucking years that I've watched and I, like, genuinely do not want to be spoiled for. Because also with regular shows, I, like, do not mind being spoiled for the most part. In fact, a lot of times I will seek out being spoiled especially if something's giving me anxiety like books if I'm feeling too stressed reading it sometimes I'll go read the ending just like so I know what I'm getting into it's sick I don't know why I do this but with 16 recovering I was like I just don't want to be spoiled I want to be able to watch this like free and clear because I love this but with Teen Mom there's no such thing as spoilers ever like you have never seen on the Teen Mom subreddit somebody post something and get in trouble for like spoiling like that's not a thing I would say The Housewives are similar to this, right? Like, any reality show that, like, follows closely people that are also very online and that it's, like, not a competition show, it just really can't be spoiled in this day and age. So the last thing that I can think about that happened on this show that we did not know about was the Ryan driving high scene. That was totally out of left field. We did not know it was going to air. That was, it was mind-blowing, There maybe have been some other things, maybe, that we didn't know about, like, before the episode, but that's the only one that comes to mind. So, this week, what does MTV do? They get one. And for that, I say bravo. You know what I mean? Like, good for you, MTV. Finally. Finally, you have something interesting. (laughs) Basically, they drop this clip, and in the clip, it is Kale talking about the fact that Javi has been trying to fuck her. And not just once, repeatedly, including texting her, asking to come over her house. First of all, if you haven't seen, if you don't watch the show anymore, bravo to you. Like, you shouldn't watch this show anymore. I wish I didn't have to watch this fucking show anymore and I could just listen to a recap of this show. But I have, you know, become a martyr for Teen Mom, so I have to watch it. Go on my Instagram. I'm pretty sure yeah, I definitely posted the clip. Go on my Instagram and watch the producer's face as she, she drops this. He's like, What? Huh? Back up. You're gonna you're gonna have to start again. Like he that is the look of a man that like realizes he just got like the juiciest storyline that they've had on this show in two years, and he's about to get a nice little bonus for that. Like he could not have been more lucky, Patrick. I really like Patrick. And I'm sorry he reminds me of Dan Levy from um Schitts Creek. He does. I think it's like not maybe not so much in his books. it's like his mannerisms. I can't I can't exactly place why, but it does. <laughs> so Kale is mad because Kale moved to Middletown, Middleton, Delaware. Middletown, Middleton, I think. And as we discussed on this sh- on feathers in my hair, it made no fucking sense for her to move there. It's in 45 minutes to an hour away from Dover, which is where Javi and Joe live, which is where she had been living. The thing is, Kale lived in Dover and Chris lived in Wilmington. Just so everybody knows, I live about 25 minutes away from North Wilmington. Does that matter? No. Does it have anything to do with what we're talking about? Absolutely not. But I do I want to just... Include that fact because I'm pretty close to where all this action is happening. Yes. Yes, I do. Do I really like North Wilmington would actually live there? Sure. It's, it's nice. I actually really like Middleton too, where Kale lives. It's, Kale definitely moved to one of the nicer areas in Delaware. And like, I understand why she wanted to live there over Dover, just like as a location in general. But the reason she moved there is because Dover to Wilmington, where Chris was I think it's like an hour and a half like Dover is I I've I've never been to Dover I don't know if I've ever driven through Dover I don't know if you go past Dover on I-95 maybe I would say that's the only way I would have like driven near Dover is like going down I-95 I'm not sure though because usually I get on this means nothing I get on 95 in Maryland not in Delaware nobody cares. Uh, so she wanted to move to Middleton because it was closer to Chris. Basically, she moved to this house so that Chris could be more involved with Lux. Is that an idiotic reason for Kale to move? Absolutely. Did it make no fucking sense for her to move an hour away from where her kids go to school and where she would have to take them 50% of the time? Yes, I like I remember extensively talking about this and being like, Kale is going to hate this drive. I don't understand why she's doing this. It doesn't make any sense. And surprise, she hates this drive. Kale wants she. Well, first of all, (laughs) I want to talk about I'm going to do the recap of the show. It's 20 minutes in. So let me take a quick break and then we'll go into the recap. Okay, so the very first thing that's said in this episode, and it gets blown right by, like right by, but I need to talk about this, is that she was supposed to go to Dallas to see her friend and her sister. And remember, last week she was really upset that her sister canceled on her because her sister was like brutally attacked by a dog (laughs) and just like wasn't going to be able to make the trip. I don't mean to laugh. That's actually like really fucking scary to be brutally attacked by a dog. It's not funny, but it's it's funny. It's funny. To say that somebody was brutally attacked by a dog is funny. Like, I don't know why. That does not make me a good person to laugh at that. And it's actually, like, really horrific and you could die. And I'm kind of scared of big dogs that I don't know because I'm scared of being attacked by a dog. But when I hear, like, somebody say, "I well, I can't go there because I was brutally attacked by a dog, it just makes me laugh. It makes me think of... Th- <laughs> This, the storyline in 30 Rock when um, Edie Falco was on playing that uh Congresswoman Cece <laughs> that she was uh, shot in a fa- shot in the face by a dog. <laughs> oh god, I love 30 rock so much. Okay, a problematic fave, a true problematic fave. Oh my god, I need to turn off my TV because now they're advertising weird old movies. Not weird old movies to me that Coneheads just came across on a billboard and I desperately now want to talk about the movie Coneheads but we're not going to do that okay so Kale starts off this episode just being like we we're supposed to go to Dallas but Lincoln got uh the flu so we didn't end up going that's it that's all that's said it doesn't get a lot of attention are you fucking kidding me are you kidding me Kale last week okay I understood and I think I gave a lot of empathy to Kale for why she was upset last week that her sister like canceled on her because she has a lot of abandonment issues. She's she just has a lot of issues and she really wants there to be this relationship with her sister and her sister's kids that isn't there. Um, But I love that, you know, it's this whole big thing that her sister cancels and then she cancels this week and... She doesn't have boot Like, she doesn't realize that she just did the same exact thing that she was so mad about. And, like, has no understanding for her sister who was brutally attacked by a dog. But, like, as soon as Lincoln gets the flu... Like, obviously, of course, they didn't go to Dallas because Lincoln had the flu. But, like, that's how life works, Kale. Like, shit happens. And I think the reason this bothers me is because... Remember we talked about last week, like, her sister was pretty upset by the way she was portrayed and that she didn't get a chance to defend herself, which I said, of course you weren't going to get a chance to defend yourself. But I understand, like, why she was upset by what Kale was saying. One would think that Kale would hop on the Twitter and just, like, tweet out, hey, I'm really, like, if she, because she knew her sister was upset. Hey, I'm really sorry to my sister, Michaela. You know, I wasn't necessarily mad at her. That just like triggered some childhood shit in me. So I was upset at this situation. However, it's not fair that it looks like I'm talking shit about her on TV and I'm sorry that she feels bad. That's all she would have to do. Did she do that? No, of course not. Because this is Kale. God forbid. And so for her this week to not acknowledge the fact that she also canceled her trip... <laughs> It's just typical Kale. It's really, it's typical Kale. Okay, so she is, well, first of all, there's a cute little scene where uh, Lux is saying that he's scared of a fly. Lux is so cute. He is so cute. Basically, Kale wants Hobby to meet her in this town that I don't remember the name of, Samira or something. I don't know how you say it. Um, that is, I, to my understanding, it's like halfway between Dover and Middleton. I think like 20 minutes away from both of them. And apparently Joe and Javi both agreed to do this uh, because she doesn't want to drive all the way to Dover. Which like, once again, you wouldn't have to drive all the way to Dover if you didn't move away from Dover. (laughs) The reason that you have to drive all the way to Dover is because you decided to move an hour away from where you have to go all the fucking time. All of the time. So I guess Joe and Javi agreed to it. I'm kind of surprised that Joe agreed to it. And now Javi is, like, being an asshole about it, according to Kale. And she is saying that Javi only wants to meet, like, drive back to halfway when it's his turn to do the drop-off. I guess basically what was happening was, like, Kale was driving all the way to Dover to drop him off and then maybe driving all the way to Dover to get them back. So what Javi agreed to do was, like, on when it's his time to return, he would meet her halfway, but he didn't want to do it each time And so Kale's mad and Kale decides that she is going to blow up Javi's life over a drop off that is only happening because she decided to move so far fucking away. Kale is mad. Kale is pregnant in this scene, mind you. I'm pretty sure this was shot sometime in december somebody on reddit was saying she had the same nails she had when that like leaked sonogram picture came out in december i'm pretty sure she announced the pregnancy in early january but we kind of knew it in december because uh chris's aunt had posted that sonogram picture and we people knew it was her because it matched like a nail style she had like not just like pink nails you know what i mean like it had nail art on it so it was distinguishable so I'm assuming this is sometime in December and Kale is like really fucking mad about this. A drop off. She's mad about this drop off. And Javi, I guess, is saying, he says to her, I'm not going to do anything for you because you're being mean to me and Lauren. And this sets Kale off. And it's not about the drop-off, right? Like, she's mad about the drop-off, but what she's really mad about is the fact that Javi said that you're mean to me and Lauren. I know even I was saying, like, it's funny that Kale just blew up Javi's life over a drop-off, but the reality is Javi, is Kale blew up Hobby's life, well, Javi blew up his own life, but Kale decided to uh, detonate the bomb because Javi said, like, you're mean to me and Lauren. And to Kale, she's like, what the fuck? Because I'm not mean to Lauren. In fact, I leave Lauren totally alone. And the reality is, is that like I have so much shit I could say. And you, she says, you want to treat me like this? Oh, really? After you try to fuck me in the Wawa parking lot with your girlfriend at home with your son? That's when the producer is like, uh, what? Uh-huh. What happened? <laughs> okay, well, should we talk about what Wawa is? <laughs> if you don't know. I've talked about Wawa on this podcast a lot. Wawa is a convenience store slash slash gas station that goes from South Jersey down to, like... I know they have them in Richmond, Virginia. Um, I'm sure there are other areas, like, in between there that don't have Wawa's. But for the most part, it goes from, like, South Jersey to Virginia. And now they're opening ones in Florida as well. Wawa is... Like, a staple of life if you live in this area. Like, it just, there's, like, probably eight Wawa's within eight miles of me. Like, there are so many Wawa's around. You go to Wawa for everything. Um, It's, one of the best things about Wawa is that it's very clean. Wawa is... It's not franchise like 7-Eleven is, so it's corporate-owned, so they have really high corporate standards that all of the stores, like, abide by. So, like, if you're on a road trip or if you need to use a bathroom, like, I always stop at Waba to go to the bathroom because I know the bathrooms will be pretty clean as far as, like, a gas station bathroom. They always have the lowest gas price of anywhere. Their gas prices are very low, and they have pretty good food as far as, like, convenience store food goes. Um... If you know what Sheets is, it's pretty similar to Sheets. Uh, if you have Royal Farms or Turkey Hill, maybe Turkey Hill's just up here too. If you have like a Royal Farms, it's pretty similar to that. And it's just one of those things that it's like very much <laughs> just like very much part of our lives. If you live in like the Philadelphia area at all, like Wawa's is just like a a part of your daily life. Like you don't go there all the time, but I probably go to Wawa two to three times a week. They have good cheap coffee, like half the price of Starbucks. Like I said, I get I always pump gas at Wawa. Um they have their food is like pretty good. They have good made to order food. I mean, it's not great, but it's like pretty good for a quick bite. They were the first people to get like uh POS touchscreen ordering. They got that like 15 years ago. They were so ahead of the curve. They also treat their employees pretty well. They pay their employees well. They give benefits. Um, I have a couple friends that have been working at Wawa since high school, and now they like run their own stores and they get paid a good job a good living wage, they own homes. Like it's it's a good company. Uh they also hire for corporate from within the stores. So that's Wawa. It's it's funny. When Wawa first opened in Florida where I was living, I had some people be like I don't understand. Like, why are people so hyped over Wawa? Like, it's not that good. Like, the food isn't that good. And I'm like, yeah. The thing is, is that Wawa shouldn't be a destination. Like, Wawa's not a destination. When people move away from the area, sometimes they'll be like, oh, I miss Wawa so much. I just want to go. But for the most part, it's not a destination. It's a convenience. And that it's just like everywhere you go, there's a Wawa. And for any food or gas station need you have, like, you can pop on over to Wawa real quick. So that's what Wawa is. If you watch this and you thought, what the fuck is this? It's spelled W-A-W-A. <laughs> because it's based, I think the corporate is in, I think the town is called Wawa, Pennsylvania. I believe it's, um, the maybe the Lenape word for geese. Because I know a lot of this area is the Lenape land that was stolen from the Lenape's. Um, so I would imagine that that, this whole area from... You know, most of this uh, eastern Pennsylvania area area was Lenape land that was brutally stolen from them and uh, colonized. So I think that's what Wawa stands for. It means a a goose or geese because they're everywhere up here. Goose are the worst. Geese are the worst animals. I hate them so much. Okay, so according to Kale, they are at Wawa. I would imagine they probably do their drop off exchanges at Wawa because it's convenience like it's convenient like it'd be very easy to be like okay meet me at the Wawa on 113 and that's where we're gonna have our drop off. Kale says that she's pumping gas and Javi gets out of the car and he says I want to fuck you plain and simple and Kale said okay bye Javi. This was the other day apparently. Then she shows us text of Javi trying to meet up with her Basically, he texts her and he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm already at home asleep. And he's like, do you want me to slide through? And she says no. Um, And there's another thing about him asking, like, can I meet you at the office? Because Kale has an office in Dover. I doubt she ever goes there, but she got an office in Dover for some reason. Here's the thing. I think a lot of people assume that this means... I mean, I know a lot of people. People think that Javi is only speaking to Kale this way because they are actively having sex. Do I believe that? Not necessarily. Like, do I think it's very possible that Kale and Javi have been having sex, like, this whole time? 100% yes, absolutely. Do I think that this exchange proves that? No, because I think Javi's a fucking creep. I think he's a creep. And I think like Javi, like I bet if you went through Javi's phone, he's texting Brie this shit. He's texting other ex-girlfriends this shit. Like I don't think that Javi necessarily needs to be encouraged. Um, I saw a lot of people like, well, if my ex texted me that, I would be like, what the fuck? Like, why are you saying that? But I think that like this is just how Javi talks to her. <laughs> I really do. Um, Like I said. I don't know. I just don't think this necessarily proves that Kale and Javi have been recently hooking up. I just don't. I'm sorry. I think they very well could be, but I don't, what I see here is just Javi being a fucking creep and I don't see Kale encouraging it at all. And just because she's not being like, fuck you, I'm going to kill you as a response doesn't mean that she's like encouraging him, which I saw a lot of, which makes me feel, okay. So as a result, what's everybody talking about again? The paternity of Creed. Now, as I said, back when this was a huge topic of conversation, when that baby was born, I still believe that the reason people think that Creed is hobbies is based on his skin color. I do. Now everybody wants to be like, well, they were hooking up. So the timeline and this and that. And first of all, once again, we don't actually know if they were hooking up. Second of all, like... (laughs) I just, I just don't think that Javi is Creed's father. I don't. I mean, like, could he be if Kale and Javi were hooking up around the time that he was conceived? Sure. I mean, I guess. Why don't I think he is? Because I think that. I think that if Creed could be Javi's, I think Javi would uh, make it known. I think Javi is demented in the head and if he really wanted to... Like, I think he loves attention and drama so much and, like, this savior thing that he has that I think that if he thought it was possible that he was Creed's father, he would be, like, actively petitioning for a DNA test and making this huge thing and, like, I'm gonna come in and save Creed from that deadbeat Chris and that's my baby. Um, yeah. I also don't think he looks anything like Javi or Lincoln. (laughs) I mean, he looks a little bit like Lincoln because they're brothers. He doesn't look anything like Eli, Javi's other kid. And he doesn't look anything like Javi. I keep seeing people being like, he looks just like Lincoln and Javi. All that looks similar is their skin color. He looks like Kale. <laughs> he looks like Kale and Isaac. Kale looks like she breeded with herself. That baby has Kale's whole face. <laughs> and not for nothing, crude skin is already darkening. He is, he does seem to be, have a darker uh, complexion than Lincoln does. I saw some people on Reddit being like, there's no way that somebody Chris's color could have a baby that's Creed's color. And it's like, yeah, there is a way. If you, Chris actually has a very similar uh, complexion to Meghan Markle's mom, like a very similar complexion. And go look at Meghan Markle's baby pictures because Creed actually has a darker complexion now than Meghan Markle did when she was a baby. Like, this is how genetic works. Is it possible that Javi is Creed's dad? Sure. 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 And I think I did say that like back when the speculation came out, like because Kale lies and Kale fucks people and like Kale wasn't in a relationship with Chris and we know how unsettled that is. this is. I just don't think based on the information that we know and the information that we know is that Creed has a complexion that's similar to Lincoln's. And I'm sorry, there is (laughs) people are so like desperate to be like, it's not that it's not that it's not that it is that (laughs) If Creed had Lux's skin color, nobody would be saying this <laughs> like they just wouldn't be. They would be like, oh, well, he he's black. So obviously it's not like uh, it's not Javi's baby because it's not about the timeline. It's about the looks. I also am not 100 percent sure that I believe that Kale and Javi were hooking up at the end of October because that's when Creed was conceived. This thing was shot. This scene was shot sometime in December. She was already like two months pregnant in this scene. Um, she announces she's pregnant, I would imagine, in, like, two or three episodes. I don't think they showed in this scene for next week. I would bet two episodes from now we find out she's pregnant. I don't, there, so there's no proof, one, that they were hooking, that they have hooked up at all recently. And there's no proof that they were hooking up at the end of October. So my official stance on this is, like, I believe that Creed is Chris's kid just based on, Probability and the probability is that Kale fucks Curse without a condom and does it often. <laughs> like, we know that Kale fucks. I don't think Kale and Chris have ever used a condom together, ever, 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 ever. So, the probability that Kale, who fucks Curse all the time, even if there are PFAs, even if there were arrests, even if he had just gone to court to try and sign away his rights to Lux, Kale and Chris fuck without condoms and they fuck without condoms often. So I do think it is much more likely that Creed is Chris's son. But if it came out that luck or that uh, Javi was Creed's dad, I'd be like, oh, okay, sure. okay. like it wouldn't surprise me, but I just find like the intense speculation about it gross because I know it's based on skin color. It just is. And people are just happy that this episode happened because now they can be like, oh, I wasn't being racist. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't basing it on his skin. See? 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 Kale's just a messy bitch. I just, I really do think Hobby would be, if Javi thought that that was his baby, he would be like, he would be making sure that we knew that he's such an amazing guy and he's such an amazing dad and that he's going to like come in and save Creed but like I said, if a DNA test comes back and Javi's the dad, I'll be like, oh, okay. Will I say here that is a possibility that Javi is this kid's dad? Sure. Do I think Javi's his dad? No. I really do think that he's Chris's kid. I think that I think that if he wasn't Chris's kid or Kale was even unsure that he was Chris's kid, I think she would have went through with the abortion. I do. I I think the only reason she had Creed and didn't get the abortion that she apparently contemplated was because she wanted to have another baby with Chris. Um, I also think that, like, Chris did get a DNA test for Lux. So I kind of think that there would be a DNA test done if uh, Chris really was, like, super unsure. If Chris had doubts, they'd be doing a DNA test. But also maybe they wouldn't. I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like... I find this speculation exhausting because one, it's based on skin color and looks, which like this baby, like I said, this baby looks exactly like Kale. <laughs> I don't see Javi or Eli in him at all. Does he look a little bit like Lincoln? Sure. Does he have the same mom as Lincoln? Yeah. Like <laughs> It's fine that they look alike, but if you compare him to baby Eli, they don't really look anything alike. And I personally don't think he looks anything like Javi. Um... So the only thing that we have to go on is speculation that maybe they were hooking up in October, which there's no proof of. And maybe um, this baby looks like Javi more than he looks like Chris, which like, so we can't, unless a DNA test comes back, I don't really want to talk about this again. I guess my stances is that Chris is Creed's father until a DNA test proves otherwise. Please stop DMing me. (laughs) Please, I beg you guys to stop DMing me, asking me to comment on this child's paternity because I'm not doing that. Like, I my Instagram feed is not going to be uh, pictures, like, comparing uh, Creed and Lincoln and what they look like in their skin tones. That's not going to be my Instagram feed ever. I'm not doing that unless it comes back that there is a DNA test that tells us otherwise. I am believing that Chris is Creed's father. I also just want to remind everyone that Chris is tri-racial. He is half black, a quarter white, and a quarter Mexican, apparently. um, Obviously, like, nobody is that perfectly DNA mixed up, but he is tri-racial. Um, he does have white and Latino uh, origins. Origins isn't the right word. DNA. And so, like, genetics are wild, and that baby is half white and a quarter black and a quarter Latino. So, like, even if black genes are normally dominant, like, not always. That's not how gene. like, that's not how biology always works. That's not always how genes work. And it's very likely that Creed can be Chris's son and have his skin complexion, have the skin complexion that he does. So, yeah, that's my stance on it. I... This podcast official stance is that unless there is a DNA test that tells us otherwise, I believe that Chris is Creed's father. But if a DNA test does tell us otherwise, I'll be like, oh, okay. (laughs) And that we will not be speculating on this child's paternity based on the color of his skin. Okay, so Kale's really mad that Javi won't meet her halfway and so she's like, She's like, look, he wanted to come to my house, so you're willing to drive up to Middleton if you want to fuck me, but not to get your son. <laughs> oh, Kale even texted her um, because she said, now you're being disrespectful to me, so I'm going to disrespect you. And she said, I'm filming, and I know you don't want this to come out on camera, so don't be condescending to me. And he even texted her something like, did you just do something wild? Kale is such a bitch. <laughs> he was such a bitch. (laughs) But also, like, fuck you, Javi. Javi's the one that's in a relationship with Lauren. Also, remember, like, Javi fucked another woman in Lauren's home, in his and Lauren's home, while she was upstairs sleeping, in August of 2019, and I'm pretty sure this was filmed sometime around December 2019. So, yeah, that shows how much that uh, Javi gives a fuck about Lauren. (sighs) Sigh my thoughts on Lauren. Okay. As a human, I feel empathy towards Lauren because I find it very sad that she is clearly in a very unhealthy relationship. It's very possible that Javi is emotionally abusive to her. Like, I I feel bad for her because I feel bad for any human that is in such a toxic relationship, right? Like, because I care about people and I have empathy. Do I specifically feel bad for the humiliation that Lauren is repeatedly subjected to? Not really, because this is at least the fourth time that Javi has publicly humiliated her. Shall we count the ways together? First of all, very first introduction to Lauren. I have a girl willing to move to Dover right now. (laughs) That's how he talked about her. That the first time the audience is introduced to Lauren, it's a girl willing to move to Dover right now. That's tough. Also, we found out that at this time, he was fucking Brie, Kale, and Lauren. Tough. That's public humiliation number one. Number two. If you will remember, at a reunion, Kale sat up on that stage and said, Javi tried to fuck me at the last reunion. (laughs) (sighs) So that's number two. Number three, fucking a woman in their home. That Lauren walked in on them, if not fucking naked. They had such a bad fight between him, Lauren, his sister, that the police were called. This is number four. So, you know, at a certain point, it's like, I understand that when you have kids, it's a lot harder. I get it. And all anybody wants to say is, like, she uprooted her life and moved there for him. Like, what she's supposed to do And, like, I don't really feel that bad about that because, like, Lauren actively, like, chose to start a family with a guy she did not know and was not even exclusively dating. Maybe she thought they were exclusively dating, but, like, clearly he was not exclusively dating her. So when Lauren chose to continue her pregnancy with Javi, who she barely knew, they had dated for, like, six months the year before, I believe, but, like, long distance, she was not with this man in any sort of committed sense. When she agreed to continue with her pregnancy and start this family with Javi, she was making a choice to get into a really, like, unstable situation. She had just witnessed the Kale and Brie drama on TV, or she had the ability to witness it, and just, like, how slimy Javi was being about that. And then she chose to have a baby with him now did she get pregnant on purpose I don't know but on purpose she continued the pregnancy you know what I mean like nobody forced her to continue the pregnancy and then once she did get pregnant like nobody forced her to move to Delaware um she also like I assume this whole time that Lauren was 22 because like her her behavior is like very 22 year old Uh, Lauren is 28 you know That's a, like, there's a big difference. Like, I have a lot more empathy for messy early 20s behavior than messy late 20s behavior. (laughs) I just do. Um, I just, it's like, once she stayed with him after the bathroom incident, like, that level of public humiliation is so high. That I mean, the fact that she stayed with him after she heard that thing, I have a girl willing to move to Dover for me, and that she still decided to move to Dover... (laughs) Because I'm pretty sure that aired before she officially moved there and that she got engaged to this guy that she barely knew and that she is acting like we're one big happy family on social media and then that, you know, like, and they had this public cheating thing and back in August and she still stayed with him. So it's like Javi's a dog and he treats you like dog shit, not just like by cheating on you, but Public, publicly humiliating you because he is in the public eye so it's hard for me to continue uh feeling bad for lauren because this is to me at least kind of a you made your bed situation now i had somebody say to me like well she's an abuse victim so why are you saying that because that's like you're basically telling her it's her fault she doesn't leave and you wouldn't say that to an abuse victim i don't know like do if she comes out and says that the reason I stuck with Hobby is because he was, like, emotionally and financially abusing me, I think I'd have a lot more empathy for her. As of now, it just kind of feels like a tale as old as time, which is it would be pretty hard for me to leave. So I'm just going to ignore what happens and, like, pretend it's not happening and uh, feel better, like, and and hope for the best. I'm not sure that that qualifies as abusive. Um, I could definitely, like, accept an argument about emotional abuse for sure, which is why I'm not saying I have no empathy for Lauren. But, like, all of this, like, I'm seeing so much, like, oh, my God, Lauren is so strong because now I guess Lauren is in Maine with her family. They're like, yes, Lauren, strong queen. And I'm just like, I- This is what happens when you can, when you stay with a public cheater. You know what I mean? Like, this is going to keep happening every, like, anytime she gets back with Javi, this is going to continue to happen. And so I hope that she learns her lesson this time and she does not get back with him again. And like, I really do. I hope that she, I hope that this is the final push that she needs. I do. It's just hard for me, like, to be like, oh my God, I feel so sad for Lauren. Poor Lauren. Because I think she kind of got with Javi under gross situation anyway. Like, I think she sought out, like, a guy that was on TV and then, like, got pregnant with him and chose to have a baby with him for the benefits that would come from it. And that's why you don't do that. You know, this is why you don't have babies with people that you don't know. This is why you don't fuck somebody that's on television. <laughs> and on television for being a fucking slob, <laughs> like, continuously being sloppy on television and cheating on women and treating women badly on television, It's like an eyes wide open situation. Like you walked right into this with your eyes open and now you're kind of now this is what's going to happen, which I do understand why people hear that. And they're like, well, it sounds like you're blaming her for being cheated on. And I don't I like I hear that and I, I don't think that's not I don't think that's invalid because in a way I definitely am doing that when I say that. And I think it would be really hypocritical if I sat here and said that, no, 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 I'm not doing that. I'm not blaming Lauren at all for being cheated on because, like, everything I just said kind of blames her for it. I just think that this is an example of you have to make better choices with your life and you have to make better choices to who you start a family with and who you move across the country with and what type of life that you want to live. And that if you think that like the benefits of being on television and having a famous guy be the father of your child outweighs being with somebody that's like honest, faithful, caring, and loving, then I don't really know what to tell you. And I do hope that Lauren learns from this. I do hope that Lauren leaves him. Uh, Delaware is a 50-50 state, but I kind of think Javi will let her leave. Even though Javi is very involved in Lincoln's life and obviously he's very involved in Eli's life and I'm not saying he's going to like abandon Eli, but I think he'll let Lauren move away and they'll, they'll figure out a way to split custody. I do. I can't imagine Javi being like, you have to stay here. I don't really think that's his, his move. Like, I I don't think that's what he's like. I think he will let her go. Um, I think that Lauren will probably uh, lose Instagram followers, which will hurt her MLM business. <laughs> If she leaves him and I think that's probably another reason that she doesn't want to leave. I don't know, guys. I just, I feel bad for her. I do because I feel bad for anybody that's in a bad relationship. You know, I feel bad for anybody that's with a scumbag like Javi that just like dog walks her on television. Like, (laughs) like how low do you have to be to continue fucking Kale who is the messiest bitch that you've ever known who absolutely, absolutely will like blow up your spot on television like you have to be the worst type of person alive basically to do that and that's what Hobby's doing I just think that if I act like Lauren is like all of these things just keep happening to Lauren and it's so sad it like takes autonomy away from Lauren and the reality is is that like the longer Lauren chooses to stay with him the more of this is going to happen and so I hope that finally she'll learn her lesson <laughs> I don't know. Does that sound too mean? Like, I'm listening to myself say it and I don't, I don't like how it sounds when I'm saying this, which is why I think i like keep talking about it because I'm trying to like justify the fact that I'm not blaming her, even though I definitely am. And I just hope that like enough is enough for her this time, because if this isn't enough, then I don't know whatever will be. And I think that Lauren needs to do what's best for her and her family, which is to break it up and not be with Javi anymore. And I think it's a shame that, you know, she had a baby with him before they were married, so she doesn't really have entitlement to that house that they live in. I'm sure she's not on the title. Any sort of spousal support, you know, military benefits in the long run. She'll get child support from e- for Eli, but I just think Lauren really fucked up her life having a baby with Hobby. and unfortunately, like, when you have a baby with an asshole, then you have to, fa- like... There are a lot of consequences for that. And so I hope Lauren decides that this is the time that she's going to leave. It looks like she's blocked him on Instagram and removed all his pictures. She's liking stuff about, you know, like, don't treat me bad or you only want me when I leave. Like that type of shit. Those memes. So I really I really do hope that she makes a decision to leave him and that this is the final straw. But I, I don't know. I don't know why it would be the final straw. <laughs> I feel like if that fucking in the house thing wasn't the final straw, then I'm not sure if there will be one, but I hope that there is one. Um, There is a moment in this episode where apparently Kale's so weird. She's like, Javi embarrassed me in front of Isaac. Girl, what? Like they picked up Lincoln from a basketball game or something and Javi was there and so Javi looked at like, Kale looked at him and said, like, bye, Javi. And he looked at her and then ignored her and walked away. And Isaac, I guess, said, like, that was unexpected. And Kale's, like, so mad at him for doing that. And it's like, yeah, Kale, that's what happens (laughs) when you tell Javi (laughs) that you just blew his family up on camera. (laughs) I also wonder, like, what If Javi told her anything, Lauren, about, like, this was going to come out. Because Kale basically admits in this episode that she tells him she said it on camera. And Javi has to know that they're going to use it. So did he just let this air and let Lauren, like, find out with the rest of us? Or did he tell her in advance? I'm guessing he just let it, let her find out, like, the rest of us. Whew, Lauren. Lauren. It's one thing to have your boyfriend like continuously cheat on you. It's another thing when your boyfriend is a public person. And so all of this is constantly drama and like literally articles are being written about you. Like Lauren, you you're not on a TV show. Like this doesn't have to be your life. You don't have to be in the type of relationship where like your drama is being written up about and it's being featured on a TV show. Just leave him. Just leave him, girl. Ugh, oh, just leave him. Okay, if, I'm sorry, I apologize if you find the way that I've spoken about Lauren to be kind of gross, because I'm kind of feeling that way as I'm talking, but it's just my honest truth, and I do genuinely hope that, like, this is it for her, and that she decides to make some better choices in her life. Um, As far as Kale, <laughs> girl, Kale posted something on Twitter being like, I apologize to Lauren. Which I was kind of surprised to see. Her and Javi must be in a better place right now. So I'm sure he was like, you have to apologize to Lauren. And she did. Because who knows what Javi has on Kale. I don't know. Maybe Javi has that he's a baby. He's Creed's father on Kale. (laughs) And if she's not nice to Lauren, he's going to come out and tell. (laughs) Oh, God. Lauren getting pregnant with Javi is just, she's like... Don't fuck guys that are on TV, okay? First of all, for everybody listening, rule number one is, like, never fuck somebody who ever went on TV. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Especially don't fuck someone who is on TV for being in, like, a messy relationship with a messy bitch. You can avoid all of this. And if you get cheated on and you have a shitty relationship, it can be in private. <laughs> oh, okay, let's talk about Chelsea. Chelsea. Wow, I talked for a really long time about Kale. (laughs) Okay, so basically the only thing that happens in this episode is that Chelsea picks up Aubrey from school. And she says to Aubrey, oh, I gave Grandma Donna your cell phone number. And uh, Aubrey's like, no! And Aubrey's mad about it. There is kind of a weird moment where it seems like Aubrey kind of realizes she's on camera. And, like, like, she's very... Like, responsive at first, then kind of looks at the camera and realizes that she's on camera and stops. And you can tell Chelsea's very confused. She mentions it multiple times in this episode. She had no idea that Aubrey was going to be upset. She doesn't really understand. She's like, well, why don't you want Donna to have your number? And Aubrey's like it's going to be, uh, it's going to be awkward. And Chelsea's like, well, I'll tell her not to text you. Like, I'll be the bad guy here. I'll be, I'm the up, but I'll be the bad guy. And it's like, well, you probably won't. Cole will probably tell Donna because you're a little bitch and you actually will never be the bad guy with Donna. By the way, I think in next episode is when they go to get the court order changed or they start talking about changing the court order, which I think is great as I've extensively talked about on this podcast. If there is no reason that, Chelsea needs to, like, have legal visitation with the Lynn's, and that now that Aubrey's getting older, like, if she doesn't want to go to the Lynn's once a month, she shouldn't have to go to the Lynn's once a month and she'd be able to have, she should be able to have a more normal relationship with her grandparents. Okay. I think a lot of people took this to mean that Aubrey did not want Donna to have her cell phone number. And I, I definitely do think that that's a possibility But in the context of the rest of the episode, it doesn't really seem like that. Um, Because as soon as Aubrey, like, they drop Aubrey off at a gas station to, like, have Donna pick her up. And, like, as she's jumping out of the car, she, like, screams. She's like, look at my phone! (laughs) Like, she, like, as she's jumping out of the car, she, like, has her phone in the air and is like, look! Like, she's so excited about her phone and I kind of wonder, uh, my friend Jess mentioned this and I was like, oh, maybe. I kind of wonder if she, Aubrey wanted to be the one to tell Donna her phone number and not have Chelsea tell her. <laughs> and like, but in her, but i obviously never told Chelsea that and then maybe got embarrassed when she realized. Because Aubrey's definitely in that age where she's like still a little kid, but definitely old enough to become like self-aware. And I think, I mean especially on camera and I wonder if like she kind of realized that she would sound stupid if she said on camera like I wanted to be the one to give her my number so she didn't I don't know I think it could be either I think it very much could be she just did not want Donna to have her cell phone number because she didn't want Donna to be texting her but at the same time like I I find it unlikely that Aubrey thought that Donna wouldn't have her phone number which is why I'm I'm very confused by that idea, as is Chelsea. Like, <laughs> the fact that Chelsea is so confused by this leads me to feel confused because Chelsea's like, I, I don't get it. Like, and she never once says, like, I don't think that Aubrey wants her grandma to have her number. Like, she's not like, well, I get it. She doesn't want her grandma to have her number. She's like, I don't really understand why she doesn't want her grandma to have her number. They kind of speculate that maybe she's worried that Adam will get her number, like, But I don't, I don't think Aubrey is worried about Adam having her number. I don't. I really don't. I I don't think that's the case. I think Aubrey probably wants her dad to have her number. I kind of think that Aubrey was just upset that she didn't get to be the one to tell Donna. um, Because, like, if she didn't want Donna to know about her cell phone and her cell phone number, why would she, like, whip it out and start screaming, like, look at my phone, to show it off? (laughs) Have you ever been with a little kid and you did something, but like in their mind, they were going to be the one to do it, but they never told you that. And they have an absolute fucking meltdown over it. And you're like, bitch, I did not know you wanted to do this. Like, you didn't tell me. (laughs) I didn't do it on purpose. I'm sorry. Like, I have seen my niece, my oldest niece, like have a fucking meltdown over some shit that in her head she decided she wanted to do that one of the adults did. And every every adult's like, girl, what? Like, why are you upset right now? I that to me is like very much like a an eight to ten year old type of thing where they're like old enough to um, start to feel really independent, but they're also babies in a lot of ways, and they don't really have fully regulated emotions yet, and so they react like little kids, even though they want to be the grown up in this situation or the the more grown up one in this situation. So yeah. Like I said, it could go either way for me. If Aubrey called me and said, look, bitch, I didn't want Donna to have my number. I just didn't want her to have it. I would say, okay, I don't really get it. And your mom doesn't really get it. But, like, that's your right. That's fair. Um, But on the other hand, I think it could definitely be that. I also think, like, in this day and age, like, everybody is everybody's number. Like, you could probably figure out my number, like, listening to this podcast and text me. Like, (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like, you could probably find my number if you wanted to. Please don't, because I will block you if that happens. But like, I feel like it's probably, I don't know, finding out anybody has my number, like, doesn't bother me. Like, if somebody out of the blue messages me and is like, yeah, so and so gave me your number, I'd be like, oh, okay. I will say, like, when I give out somebody's number, I always either ask first if I'm unsure or, like, give them a heads up. Like, my cousin Leslie needed my brother's phone number for something. We're not – it's my mom's side of the family. She's, like, 50. She's much, much older than me, so we're not close. Maybe older than 50. If I'm 32, she's definitely more than 18 years older than me. But she wanted my brother's number for something to do with her daughter, um – wanting an internship and so like I gave it to her but then right away I texted my brother I was like hey just you know I gave our cousin Leslie your number so she can do xyz so she'll probably contact you just because I feel like that's the polite thing to do and like I said I definitely there are people that I've like asked first if like I could give their number out because I they're a little more private than I am but in general I feel like a phone number is something that most people have and like I assumed that Aubrey would be talking to Donna via her cell phone and I think Chelsea did too which is why the idea that like she didn't want Donna to have her number just doesn't make a ton of sense to me it doesn't make a ton of sense and what would make more sense is that she just had like a weird little meltdown over nothing in that moment and by the time she saw Donna and was like like holding up her phone like dancing up and down being so excited about it she was already over it (laughs) So Chelsea is really confused. She's really confused by this. She's confused in the moment. She's confused after the fact. Like after they drop her off, um, Chelsea tells Cole in the car and then they talk about it at home. And she's like, I just, I don't really get it. (laughs) Um, So they are both annoyed at the idea of Adam having her phone number. Which I get. I get. And I thought they had a Like, I understood totally, like, what they were saying in this. They were like, it's really frustrating. And this is Adam in a nutshell, right? Because Adam is such a fucking scumbag that Adam will never go out of his way to contact Aubrey if it means that he has to go through Chelsea. But now that he, like, can directly contact her and it's easy peasy, like, he's going to do it. And she's like, it's like the visitation center. Like, he won't go to the visitation center and get the visitation center set up. But he will go to, uh, like, her school lunches where he doesn't have to put in the effort to see her. And Cole says something like, on he's never called on her birthday. Like, or on any special occasions, he doesn't call. Because, like, God forbid he has to talk to Chelsea first before he can talk to his daughter. And I think that, like... He definitely, I I get why it's very frustrating. I do. I really do. And Chelsea does say, like, part of the reason I didn't really want her to get a phone is because I'm worried about her dad having just, like, free access to her, which I get because Adam is a bad, scary person. And it's probably very scary, the idea that now Adam is going to have unsupervised conversations with her. Because at least even at, like, the school, the school lunches, obviously it's in a safe environment. It's at school. And I think Donna is there for all of those once again. I don't really understand the concept of an adult coming to lunch to have lunch with that child. I know Princess says she does that with her kids every once in a while. She'll show up to have lunch with them at school. But it's just not something that ever happened in my school growing up. I can never remember a time where a parent came in and had lunch with their kid. So... It's just hard for me to understand that and, like, imagine what it's like and if other kids have it too. And the fact that it seems to happen very regularly just really confuses me. I know for princess, it's like a treat and a special occasion when she does it. But I, as far as I understand, Donna's there. Donna and Adam are there pretty often and it's on Wednesdays, maybe every Wednesday. I don't know. That confuses me. I don't really understand that. But uh, I get the fact that they're scared that. Adam will just, like, now be able to influence and talk to Aubrey without them being able to approve it. Because even though Aubrey's 10, she's 10. 10 is still very young. I to- I totally get it. I get why they're worried. I get why they're nervous. Um, But that's also, like, <laughs> it's what happens when your kid grows up, you know? Like, this is going to be a thing and they can't hold it off forever. And I don't know. I thought Chelsea and Cole were fine in this episode. I've, I kind of like that Chelsea was as confused as I was about the Donna thing. Okay, let's talk about, mm, I was going to say let's talk about Leah. Oh, I guess there's one thing we need to talk about. Uh, Victoria has her baby. That's a true me, no care. And Allie, I guess, has been falling and hurt her foot. And they have to take her for x-rays. And they're worried about, like, what this means if Allie can still walk around. There's one moment. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Don, Leah, and Victoria are talking about this, and, uh, Victoria's like, can't they make her walk flat-footed? Because you know how, uh, Ali has to walk, like, on her toes, kind of? And Leah goes, no, that's just, like, the way the muscles pull her legs up. She can't. And <laughs> Victoria goes, I mean, like, you know, like, Forrest Gump. Like, he had the, he had the stilts, or he had the braces. Can't they do that, like, Forrest Gump? <laughs> so stupid. Leah was like, no, no, they can't do that. Um, Leah's really upset, obviously, because this is probably a scary sign that the muscular dystrophy is uh is increasing. That's not the right word, and proving's not the right word, that she is facing more um decline in her body and muscles because of muscular dystrophy, I guess is a way to say it. And Leah is really scared that Allie's going to have to use her wheelchair all the time. And to that I say, no shit. Just like Dr. Sal has been telling you for three years that Allie should be using her wheelchair whenever possible and that she's going to fall and hurt herself if she doesn't. (laughs) I mean, I I don't know what else to say. You know, like, this is obviously very sad. I really feel for Leah and Corey. But like... The doctor's been telling them this is going to be happening for years and I don't know. It it feels really shitty to be like, so duh, what did you expect? Because like, this is their child who has a terminal illness. They don't know how, when that like terminal aspect will happen because no other child has this type of muscular dystrophy. It usually develops in adults. um, So they don't know what her life expectancy is, which is... Even more heartbreaking and terrifying. So it's hard for me to be like, yeah, Leah, duh. Like, no doy. Because that's fucked up. Because I can't even imagine how it feels to be Leah and Corey in this moment. But I do hope that for Allie's health and safety, that now she will start using her wheelchair more. Because the reality is, is, as Dr. Sal has mentioned, like, she could fall and hit her head. Like, that's why it's so scary is that she could... It's not just falling and, like, hurting her ankle or her leg. Like, she could go down and hit her head. And that is really fucking scary. So I do hope that for Allie's safety, that they really make more of an effort to put her in her wheelchair. I, I really do hope that. Um By the way, this week, Leah went on a podcast and was talking about her drug addiction and saying that she... Tried heroin once, which everybody's like so shocked about. But it's like, yeah, guys, her, opioid opioid pills and heroin are like the same thing. Heroin's just cheaper. It's not shocking. There it that, that's what happens. She talks about how she was buying it off the street. Now, if you'll remember, when Jess and I did the episode on Leah's book, we were very confused about the way that they explained her drug addiction in the book because in her book they made it seem like one single time, she got a pill that she was not prescribed to from her father and took that pill and then she went to rehab like the next day. Like, that's what they make it sound like. And on this podcast, we find out she was trying dope. She was buying pills off the street. And it's like, why didn't that get included in her book then? Leah lies. I'm sorry. is a liar. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand this, but she is. And I do understand that she didn't write her own book. Obviously, like she, a ghostwriter helped her with it. And did the majority of it. But, like, why would you, like, release this book talking about how I'm being honest and open about everything and share all of this trauma stuff and then kind of, like, totally glaze over the addiction and really make it, like, seem... Like, it did not spiral out of control that badly. You were just, like, upset and depressed. That was, like, the worst part of it. And then six months later, be giving, like, extensive interviews talking about, like, how bad the drug addiction was. I don't really get it. I don't get why that wasn't included in her book because that shit's interesting. And I saw some people being, like, you know, she's not. she doesn't have to share every trauma that she had until she's ready. And, like, people shouldn't be mad that she didn't include this in the book. And it's, like... But I think if you read the book, you would understand, like, why it's very weird that, like, she included so much trauma and stuff that happened in her book. And I think Jess and I talked about this. Like, we thought most of the book was, like, really good and interesting. And then suddenly there's, like, nine pages where she, like, has a drug addiction and then goes to rehab and then the book's over. And it's like, well, this seemed like a much bigger deal in real life. So why didn't you include this? Um, yeah, so that's Leah. That's Leah. Okay, Jade. What happened with Jade this week? Oh. Uh, So Jade is, she doesn't know what to do. She's still, Sean's not there. She's upset at her parents. Her parents aren't helping at all. Surprise, surprise. I mean, every week I feel like the episode starts out with Jade being like, my parents are sleeping in the morning and not helping with Chloe at all. Yeah, girl. That was, I'm still laughing about Um, Christy saying last week (laughs) Christy being like you know do you want us to move in here and help I just don't like the idea of you being alone (laughs) like I'm sure you don't Christy so basically she really misses Sean she doesn't know what to think she never watched the video because she didn't want to see it which that's something I cannot relate to (laughs) I'd be like send me that video I would watch it a hundred times in slow motion like when she said that I was really surprised that she still hadn't watched it but her parents are pieces of shit they're not doing anything to help and she let Sean come over and they talk and Sean takes a drug test and he passes he did say like did I pass and I saw some people online being like You would only say that, like, if you didn't, if you were doing drugs and you're worried, you're worried about not passing. But as somebody that has soberly taken a lot of drug tests, um, you do kind of, you're like, did I pass? Like, even though you know you're going to pass, like, you still are like, well, did I? So I don't know. Sean basically says that he thinks that Jade's parents are using. So they set him up so that he would get in trouble over them. And he's like, look, I mean, they stay up all night. They sleep all day. They're not going to work. They don't go to work at all. Like, of course they're using, which I would imagine all three of them are using. (laughs) I think the parents and Sean are using. Oh, God. She also says, like, well, Sean was willing to take a drug test and I know my parents won't take one. And it's like, so why are they in your house and why are they watching your daughter? I feel really bad for Jade and, like, how fucked up her life is and how, you know, how sad her family is, but she really needs to stop leaving her daughter with drug addicts unattended. You know, like, that is the only thing that I can say. Like, she must stop doing that. The rest of it, you know, we can hem and haw, give explanations for this and that, but, like, When it comes to leaving the kid with the drug addicts, like, she's got to stop. All right, let's bring it home with Brie, who actually was pretty interested in Brie's storyline this week. So Nova goes to spend the night at Devon's mom's house. I was pretty surprised, and it actually, to me, I was impressed. So everybody gives Brie so much shit for, like, how controlling she is with Nova, and she doesn't let Nova go to Devon's house or Devon's parents' house. But like as soon as Devon started popping up again and like showed that he was consistent, she let Nova go and stay over there. And then once Devon's mom popped up and then she's like regularly talking to Nova or to um Bree, Bree let Nova go and sleep over there. I I think that Bree really does want Devon's family to be in Nova's life. She just is like one, she is really nervous that they're not going to be consistent, which I think is very fair. And Two, she's a little suspicious as to why now her friend Shirley does have a good point that she's like, well, maybe, you know, once she saw Nova at lunch that day, she just like really regretted the way that she's behaved and the way that she's treated Nova. And now she realizes what she's missing, which I think is definitely possible. And I don't know, I was impressed with Brie and like how she handled this situation. Like, I think that Brie tries and I like Brie for that. So Nova goes and spends the night at Devon's mom's house. Uh, Devon's sister is there as well. She looks pretty young. Like, I I think she's maybe 16 or 17, which makes sense because Devon's like, well, my mom was raising her little kids when Nova was born. You know, like, she wasn't in grandma mode. Like, she was still being a full-time mom. So Nova goes over there. They go roller skating. It looks really cute. Nova, like, A little kid with a rolly suitcase is so cute to me it's so cute um after they drop her off Roxanne is crying because she's so happy I find Roxanne's optimism to just be I think I talked about this last week I just find it to be really encouraging and sweet and like she's just so happy that Nova gets to know her family and like gets to be in the life of her other grandma and like She just has wanted that to happen so bad and she's crying. And then Bree starts crying because she's like, she feels the same way. I thought it was a really sweet moment. One thing I did think was weird. So apparently, she spent the night over there on a school night and her mom or the grandma drops Nova off the next day. And Nova, I guess, at school, like starts to cry and is upset and is like asking for her mom. So Brie and Roxanne go and pick her up early and they're talking to her and they're like, what happened? Um, because Brie's, Devon's mom was supposed to pick up Nova from school with all of her stuff and then I guess bring her back to uh, Bree's house. And apparently Nova just like was really sad and upset because nobody else has ever taken her to school and it just wasn't, it didn't work that way. And Brie starts to get really nervous because she's like, oh my God, she's not comfortable with them. What did I do? And I think that, like, I don't really get why the first night of a sleepover would be on a school night. I don't know. Maybe his mom worked nights on the weekends or something. And so they just can't be over there on the weekends. That could probably, that could possibly be it. But, or maybe, like, that skate night was something like a a, a thing. You know what I mean? Like, a, it wasn't just, like, we're going to the skating rink to, like, skate. Maybe it was, like, a an event of some sort that they wanted Nova to be able to go to. That could definitely be it. Um, But I think it was probably too much to have, like, the first time she sleeps over there, to also have Devon's mom bring her to school the next day. That's probably just, like, too much off of her normal routine, and it feels like it would make a lot more sense. That's also, like, a long time for Nova not to see her mom, because it's, like, all of the night and then all of the next day. As opposed to, like, if she just had a sleepover on Friday, then on Saturday morning she could come home. I think the time was probably still a little too long. Nova's seven. She's still little. I think that it probably would have worked better on a weekend. Um, I can tell Bree, like, Bree's obviously, she's really, I think she's upset with herself because she's like, oh my god. I went too far, but when Devon's mom comes and drops over, drops off Nova's stuff that she still had, it actually went really well. Devon came. It's so, Stella is so funny with Devon. She's so funny. Like when they knock on the door, she runs right up to the door and they're like, I don't think Devon's here, Stella. And then he comes in and she like squeals and just like has her arms up for him. She loves Devon so much. It is so cute, Stella and Devon. Oh, I can't get over it. But they like spend time together and Nova's having fun and she's like I want to spend the night again and Brie is happy and realizes like oh they are safe they are comfortable she does like being there I think it was just like a bad way to go about it for the first time I think it was probably just too much you know it was like too much off of her schedule it was too long away from mom because she's not really used to being away from mom and grandma like she's used to being with her mom's family, you know? So I think it was just, like, a little too much time. But I'm really glad that Bree is letting his family be active and be a part of her life and not doing some, like, not that she wouldn't have the right to do this, but, like, doing a thing where, like, well, you can come over for one hour and then maybe I'll let her go to dinner with you. It seems like she really is embracing letting Nova have a relationship with them. And, I mean... I'm glad for it. By the way, Devon's mom and sister are very pretty. They're very tall and thin. Like, you really see where Devon gets it from? They all have very similar legs. Like, they all have those long legs. And they're pretty. I mean, Devon is handsome. I think Devon's good looking. He's always looks a little unkempt. But, like, when he, his, his bone structure, his facial features are handsome. So it's not surprising that his mom and sister are also pretty. But, like I said last week, I'm happy for Nova to be with her dad's side of the family. I think it's really important. I think as long as they are good people that don't hurt Nova and that there's no hurt that comes from being like there's no hurt that cut co- for her that comes from being part of Devon's family's life, then I think that's great. And I think like the more people that can love a kid, the better. And like I said, I, I just think that it's really good of Bree. That she is being so accommodating. I think Brie gets a lot of shit for, like, how controlling she is. And, like, why doesn't she let Devon take her and blah, blah, blah. That's a big criticism uh, that Brie gets. But I actually think in reality it's not really true. And that she is pretty willing to accommodate Devon and his family. Okay, I think that's it for this week. Like I said, I hope I don't come off as too awful about Lauren. If I do, you know... I'm sorry. If, I, if, if you felt like this was a bad take, I think that's fair. I think I kind of feel like I gave a bad take earlier in this episode. <laughs> oh, I have empathy for her. It's just hard. You know, the sympathy, it's hard to continuously extend sympathy for somebody, I think is the issue. Anyway, I hope everyone has a good week and I will talk to you again soon. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.